then why do they call him Ant-Man if he can get big, too? Because he almost dies when he does it. It's like a last resort type thing. Yeah, it, it says like his, it's like his ultimate move. Welcome to the DL Gaming Podcast. I'm Bobby. I'm Nick. I'm Ender's Logic. And it's taken me a minute to <laughs> switch the video. My little pad here isn't working anymore. None of the buttons work, so I got to do it manually in Streamlabs. Oh, no. Anyway. Anyways, how you guys doing? How are your weeks? Your week? Pretty good. I, um, I uh, got to relax a lot this week, but I didn't get to play that many video games only because I was getting ready for D&D and doing a lot of dad stuff and yeah. other other things and what i did get to play was like magic and the game of the weeks uh humankind at least and then you got to rest oddly enough some uh hunt showdown nice um bobby how was your week yeah pretty uh pretty uneventful yeah same old stuff yes. did get i did get to game a lot though so that was good good a lot to talk about this week <laughs> i've been uh playing one thing pretty much but you guys can all guess what it was. All right. So let's get it started. Let's get into it. All right. So Timberborn is a game that recently released uh, this week, I believe. And it is, first of all, the artwork grabbed my attention right away because it's beavers building a city. And of course, the city is all made out of wood. So the idea of this game is that uh, humankind has uh, been erased from the planet natural disaster or something beavers have inherited the earth so now you are building your beaver town it's a it's a uh, sim game you're building your beaver town and it's all made out of wood uh, it's a great idea i like it the reviews are pretty good uh what's really interesting though is the vertical building and I, i'm trying to think because i play a lot of these games i'm trying to think of any other game that had this and i don't know to what extent they allow you to do this, but they oh. allow you to build buildings on top of other buildings and stack. Now, is there like prerequisites for that though? Like, I wonder. I'm sure there must be. I wonder if like you have to have a staunchier building at the bottom. Well, yeah, I'm, build, I'm like, sure there are. I, I don't know how the mechanics play out for that, but it's huh. a great idea because I played so many of these games, and you never really thought about building vertically. Like that never, never crossed my mind. Well, in the Sim City games, you you do build skyscrapers but it's still one unit it's and still one unit yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. are stacking things up on top of each other yeah it makes it more interesting well uh, you know once you get these these huge sprawling metropolises you end up having to like fly across the map to get to like whatever but if you have just as much just as much stuff in a smaller footprint uh i feel like uh you know it's a different way to play the game mm -hmm. so that's interesting yeah, yeah. You guys totally feel like changing. concepts like this where like the game is obviously like, you know, build a city, all that kind of stuff, right? But like the fact that it's beavers, does that attract you a tiny bit more? I mean like, a little like bit. Like it, it's a it's a cute it's like an actual cute concept. Well, I mean that kind of stuff interests me, but it can't carry the game. You could get into yeah, this of game course not. and it could just be like every other sim game you've sim city builder that you've played. So ninety four percent. Yeah, you weren't kidding. Uh, yeah, a lot of people have. So every time I log into YouTube, whether, whether it be at work or or at home, the shit is always like on the recommended shit. Like it's like watch a trailer, watch this Let's Play, watch this. I'm like, uh, I'm like, I get it, Q Beavers, city building, but 
it's not really for me. And you know what's funny is like it seems like it's not playing into the whole Beaver thing very much. I mean, as far as like comedy wise or like cutesy wise, it just seems like a city builder builder that just seems to happens to be Beavers as well. Yeah, you know yeah I mean? a little more like a serious, serious game. Yeah, it's yeah. on the serious side. It looks like it anyway. Yeah, it's not cartoonish. The graphics are not cartoonish. So yeah, it seems to be a little more on the serious side. Um, but yeah, the game is twenty two fifty. It's in early access. Just came out. They said that they plan on being in early access for about a year. So that seems reasonable. Um, I'm definitely going to keep my eye on this one. Yeah, uh, they're going to have a a DLC called a Sexy Lumberjacks. Oh, sorry, that's Timber Porn. I got that wrong. <clears throat> oh, jeez. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Dead silence. That's <laughs> where I thrive, Bobby, in the dead silence, bro. In the dead silence. Uh, not even Christian laughed on that. He's the easiest one to make laugh. And yeah, you didn't even chuckle. Sag. All right. <laughs> Moving on, please, as quickly as possible. Uh, this <laughs> what is you, actually this week because you have two items. This is a game that uh, Christian put on there, uh, Gord. Uh, bring it up so I can remember what it is. Oh, yeah. So uh, this <laughs> this seems to be a uh, it's like a it's a city builder, but it's also an action game, and that that is a very two very diametrically opposed kind of uh, things. <clears throat> so you're building this village, but I, I think you're just going outside the village and like hacking and slashing whatever the problem is, and then bringing the resources back and then putting it into your to your village. I haven't played a game like that since like Actor Razor on the like Super Nintendo, uh, where it was a expansionist game, but also like a 2D side scroller. Um yeah, so I think it's Isn't this on Game Pass? I'm not sure. No, 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 it's not. Everyone, it's not. Okay. Um anyway, it's cool. Uh, I like to see progression in other things than just skills in your character. Uh, when you see progression in your town and then that turns around and gives you like, you get better armor because your blacksmith has a bed to sleep in. Like it all makes sense, you know? So I hope that's yeah. how that game, this game is. That's what it looks like. It's going on here. How are the reviews or is it not out yet? Chris? Uh, uh, no, release date is 2022. Yeah. A little ways away here. Huh. Yeah. Has a good look to it. Uh, kind of like, uh, look like Vikings maybe. But yeah. So I um I saw a game I, every now and then if I can't really find anything like we so we have a Discord everybody goes there all the time and recommends shit um and so usually there's something new on uh we have an on the radar section and I usually peek in there and if anything catches my eye I'll uh, I'll put it in the uh, show didn't really get to see anything, but I did see this in the popular up and coming uh, section of steam and it's called siege the day. And if anyone's familiar with like clash of clans where you build your own like city or you, you build your own little kingdom, right. And you like build towers and defenses and stuff. Um, you know, that it's very passive. Like you, you build your city, you mine gold and you, and you attack and like your, your characters attack. They, they have their own AI and like, they'll bunch up and then get killed and shit like that. Well, in this game, uh, you build your town and you build your own defenses, but it's like a mixture of that. Like it's a mixture of clash of clans and like angry birds. 
hmm. in the sense that you you get some mobs like they're, they're like the mobs are really strong, but um, they most of the combat is revolved around your towers, and you have to balance out like how many towers you have compared to like how many walls and defensive structures and production structures you have, hmm. and so. It, it it's like a it's it's a mixture of a bunch of games like tanks and and, and some other ones. Anybody and uh, I don't know. It seems kind of fun. I think it's like if it's a game that's a below ten bucks, this actually might be a game that would be good for RNG with uh, with DLG, which is one of our shows where we interview uh, a community member. Um, we're looking for more passive shows. We played uh, me and the lotion played. Uh, what's it called? Uh, golf with your friends, and mm-hmm. so yeah, we had a great time. That's a perfect game for that. Way to shoehorn yeah. your uh, your own uh, show <laughs> in there. Really dude. working the, in these plugs. That was pretty good, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm reading. He's doing books. the Lord's work, dude, because we don't ever do that shit. Yeah, I mean, it kind of yeah. concerns me when you compare this to uh, Clash of Clans because that was the most egregious Skinner Box mobile game back in the day. Oh yeah, very much so. Yeah. yeah, I mean, was there even a game there, or was that just like? No, the, the game the game money. was essentially like, oh, you need to cultivate your things when they show up. <laughs> yeah, it was a whole like, like time you attacked when your friends it. weren't there or whatever the fuck. But it was it was stupid. Yeah, if anybody remembers Rampart, uh, this is uh, there was a game on Nintendo where you attacked each other's walls with cannons. It looks very similar, and then in between rounds, you build your walls back up. It's uh, very much like that. Great game. But I guess you knocking down the walls here allows your troops to gain access to deeper into their castle. There's two castles right across each other, kind of like uh, Team Fortress Two or something. Interesting. Yeah, it's a it's a mix of a bunch of stuff. Like I said, if the game is like five or ten bucks, I will definitely pick it up, like hands down, just to be able to like like a bullshit game like. If you have twenty or thirty minutes, dude, this is going to be want to play 20, a quick game or something. It's yeah, be thirty bucks. You think? Yeah, we should start putting down our guesses, uh, sniper, and then like seeing who gets closest. I'm going to guess twenty on this. Doesn't seem like did we ever? Game. Did we ever get our uh, our list of like best listener questions? No, sniper just looks good on camera. <laughs> But no, um, so no yeah, no. This, this game, this game looks awesome. Um, I like. I'm da- I'm down to play it. Uh, my last game here is Artful Escape. Seems to be. I don't know what kind of game it is. Uh, it seems like a 2D side scroller, uh, but it has to do with uh, this like struggling artist and his place in the world. Like it talks. Uh, there's little cutscenes about him talking to his parents about. Um, becoming an artist or being an artist or having an artistic mind and struggles with that. And then I'm like, okay, whatever. And then halfway through, can you click on that? Uh, There you go. Yeah, it gets so trippy when he goes into the actual game world. Like, to to do something that's weird and, and noteworthy in the graphical or weird sense these days, like everything's been done, I had to call Sam over. I was like, look at this art. Dude, it is fucking bananas. Like, just so, so weird. You have to take a look at it. It's called Artful Escape. Just check out the video on YouTube. I don't know if it's going to be a good game. I don't know much about it at all. There's not a whole lot of information, but the visuals alone were is why I brought it up here. Isn't that fucking nuts? 
It, yeah, it looks really crazy. Yeah. It's like a, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Lover, Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time mixed with like Spyro graphics from like PlayStation 2 for some reason. Or like, I don't know why, but it's like the edginess and like the colors. It looks really, it looks really good. Like a modern heavy metal. Yeah, yeah, that that that's that's a better that's a better comparison. Yeah. Anyway, it's out there. Check it out just for the art's yeah. sake. Um. Yeah. And what I wanted to bring uh, that that was it has a little X up on there. So I, I guess it's going to guess uh, series X, right? But what I discovered, well, uh, Ray um, was over here and he discovered that on Xbox Game Pass you can stream the games instead of downloading them. And playing them, right? Which yes, is yes, cool. yes, yes, yes. I was yes. like, cool, whatever. Um, that's nice to know. But you can stream pretty much all Xbox games ever. So you could play like Fable 1, 2, 3, um, all the Gears, a- anything that didn't come to PC. You can play a streamable version as long as you have the Xbox controller. Hmm. Have you tested that out? I have not because uh, none of that really interests me too much. <laughs> But check out this cool feature, which I have no interest in. But there's some people out there that are like, "Oh shit, I've been waiting for that." Maybe one guy. There you go, one guy. Maybe one. Maybe one. Cool. But no, I I do like workarounds like that. Like uh, back in the day, if anyone remembers uh, PlayStation uh, PlayStation Three shenanigans, where you and all your friends could share DLCs for any game as long as you shared your logins with each other. So essentially, all you had to do was log into your PlayStation with your friend's account, and any DLC that he had for any game, as long as you had those games installed and like you own them as well, all the DLC were included. That's pretty like, nice. Yeah, and and like it, it, it never got discovered for like five years. That's nice. It was it was it was the time to be alive, man. I felt like such a pirate when I was like fucking twelve. What are the Xbox killer apps? Uh, I know, I know. Fable was like their big one that people were were saying it was super good. Was there anything else? Um, I mean, like Xbox games that were like amazing. Yeah, like, like Splinter Cell stuff, I guess. I mean, Splinter Cell was good. Um, most of like the the like the ultimate bangers, like Halos and things like that, you get in like Gears. Like you get all of that on PC now. On PC now, yeah. yeah. So it's just like you know, what do you? Yeah, any game that was really good, they made five sequels. So. Can we get a uh, top Xbox exclusive uh, ratings, maybe? Is that top Xbox exclusives of all time? It would be nice. See if there's anything here that we want to play. Dead. Geometry Wars. Hey, Geometry Wars is the shit, man. Yeah, but that's on PC, isn't it? All these games are on PC. Yeah, pretty yeah, they, much. they weren't for a while. Yep, but like four all top like, ten almost, are already like, on. PC. All these games on this list are on X and on PC now. Like, so basically, if you want to play Fable, I just told you away. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can play Fable on Xbox Game Pass. Yeah, probably. I don't think anyone's still playing Fable. <laughs> yeah, no, nobody's playing Fable. All right, nobody's. Okay, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry, I discovered something. <laughs> nobody's lining up for Fable One. <laughs> um, all right, let's talk about some games that we did play. Uh, I played a lot of Slay the Spire this week, so I finally got into it. Griffins okay. was the first game that I, the first card battle game that I got into, and I was really interested to check out another one to see if 
um, if I just like the genre a whole lot or if Grifflins was something special. And this game's been out for a while. It was one of the first big card battle games, so I'm not going to sit here and explain it. Everybody knows what this game is, but I, I do want to compare it a little bit with Grifflins, which I've spent countless hours in. Um, it's it's not nearly as complex as Grifflins, both in the combat and also like the systemic stuff. Uh, Grifflins has this whole story. It's got it's a RPG. It's a lot longer. You have a lot more time to build your deck and customize your deck, remove cards and add cards and all that. Um, so you feel a little bit more invested in it. And then you have both the combat and the negotiation in Grifflins, which I like. So there's a lot more complexity and there's a lot more you can do with it. But that being said. I really like the simple focus of Slay the Spire. Yeah, it's mechanics and that's it, pretty much. Yeah, that's it. You have three acts. You have a little map where you choose your path and, you know, you stop by a shop and buy things. But there's really not much outside of the actual combat. And the complexity is still pretty good. They've got the four playable characters. Uh, The last two I really liked, the Defect and the Watcher. I really enjoyed the play styles. I imagine they weren't out at the time you played them. Um, I think a lot of people played this when it was in early access a couple years ago when it first came out. Um, I I beat the game with every single character. That's how much I like this game. Damn. What did... God damn, that's pretty good, Bobby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I spent a lot of time playing it, and I really enjoyed it. There's a there's a huge luck factor in it, which yeah. there always is in these games, and I, I and kind of life. don't like that because you your run can just be ruined, and you know you're on a bad run and you're wasting your time. But oh uh, yeah, no, that's the, I know exactly what you're talking about because like the third run of Grifflins I had, I, like after the first three turns, I was like, uh, yeah, I'm done. Like it, just complete restart. Yeah, this, this isn't going anywhere. Yeah, and that happens. But that being said, I did have one run in this game where I had a really tough time in the first act, uh, but the second act went very well, and I ended up beating it again. But there's there's like another extra end game to this that I don't know if that was in the game when you played, but if you collect these three pieces of this piece of jewelry along the way, then once you get to the end, there's like a a second boss Mm -hmm. after that, that you can fight. I have not beat that guy yet. That has been very difficult, but they also have, once you beat the game, then you unlock this Ascension level. So you, you can play through on harder difficulty and the Ascension level goes up. I don't know how high, but there's an achievement for doing it on 20. So I I'm on Ascension level four with the first guy, the ironclad. And I think two on the second guy, the silent, um, who just, you know, he, he poisoned, he's like a yeah, poison like shivs and stuff yeah. like that. Um, but it's a great game. Like I really enjoy the simplicity of it. Uh, in Grifflins, I ended up skipping past a lot of the dialogue at a certain point. I stopped caring at all about the story. Um, so that really didn't do a whole lot for me, but I, I still kind of like the combat and especially the negotiation, negotiation fights in Grifflins were great. But you said you can kind of like cheese it out a little bit on the negotiations, right? Yeah. So what they do in Grifflins is when you play the cards, they get XP. Um, after a certain update, they capped it off. So you can't just, what you could do at a certain point was like, oh, I've got this guy on the ropes. He's not going anywhere. I'll I'll just keep playing cards over and over again and build up my whole deck. Uh, They capped it. So after a certain point, um, you stop building XP on those, but you can still do that a little bit, Uh, which is kind of weird because then you start playing cards just so you build up XP as opposed to maybe that's not the best card to play here. Um, in this one, the upgrade system is a little different. Like there's just, 
parts during the game, during the shops, you can yeah. uh, uh, buy upgraded cards or um, when you're at rest stops, you can upgrade your cards. Have you, um, have you seen the value in thinning your deck? Have you like, I remember a long time ago, I, I had to explain it to you mm-hmm. that you were like, why would I pay? And it's getting the ch- the shittier cards yeah, out is yeah. very important. Just as important as picking up a good card is getting rid of the yeah, shitty ones. I find that works yep. against me a lot of the time in this game. I have had a few decks where I was very successful with that, running a deck that was less than 20 cards. Yeah. There's an achievement for having a deck of three cards. Damn. So I don't know Whoa, how what you the do fuck? that. Um, but yeah, yeah, that, that definitely helps. Uh, what I was wondering, though, so they use this term in a game called scry. Is that from Magic? Yeah. Okay, yes. I figured it was. Yeah. It seemed the way they were referencing it made it sound like you should already know what this means. So scribing, <laughs> you can look at the top cards of your deck, yeah. right? And then put some of them on the bottom. Yeah, and then yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, but it's a great game, man. It's fantastic. I, I beat it over and over again, and I'm still enjoying it on the Ascension levels. Um, just because I enjoy the game, I, not just because I'm trying to unlock more yeah. cards or uh, get to higher ascension levels. Like it's just really fun, and it's really simple and focused on the fun part of the game. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if you like this, uh, John and I both uh, agree that um, Monster Train and um, Tainted Grail are better than this game. Really? Yeah. Okay. And. Huh. How this so? is a great game, but th- this has started it off, you know? Yeah. And I think I think their engine is, it was built for one thing, and they're adding it and making it better, but, you know, like you said, it's simple. Um, so in Monster Train, instead of having characters, you have uh, races or so, kind of like factions. Mm-hmm. And then as you unlock these factions, your deck is made out of two factions, so at the end, I think you, there's like four factions, maybe five with the DLC. And so there's so much uh, complexity because you're, of the five, you're, you're mixing them up. And so uh, the amount of uh, synergies and weird combos that you can make is, and then sometimes you feel like you can, you break the game. You're like, I am so fucking strong. This is fucking stupid. Like I'm just annihilating. But so, some of the bad guys are so insane that you have to break the game in order to beat them but that's the fun trying to break the game basically or you feel like you're breaking the game but that's mm-hmm. that's what it's built for and it makes you feel like i'm a god you know and that's pretty cool nice <laughs> yeah and that's pretty cool yeah really good reviews on this one too yeah yeah the monster train yeah i i hate I, the aesthetic was not for me and really turned me off the first time i played it and i gave it a bad review and then john played it and he's like dude you got to give it a second shot and then i did and i was like oh actually this is a really good game and what was the other one monster train and you mentioned tainted grail tainted, tainted grail, grail. That's, that's the newer one yeah that's, that's the one, one with the okay. three three dimensional graphics uh and a, like a world that you move around in uh that just kind of adds it makes it a little more and it a little more like immersive i guess kind of creepy um it's not the story is kind of cool but uh, the um the way you play the game it has a ton of characters there's like 12 different ones nine nine different characters and uh yeah it, it really adds to the replayability hmm. all right that's pretty that's pretty awesome yep fans of the, um so these are roguelike uh card games yeah card battle are, games yeah if you never played one, Slay the Spider is a great place to start. So, uh, and, and speaking of card games, 
Um, Jesus Christ. Well, the worst transition ever. <laughs> the only reason we're bringing it up is uh, the new set came out. The uh, yeah. Midnight Hunt um, in the Strad in Midnight Hunt. So Nick told me that this, I didn't know this, that every year they do a Innistrad set for Halloween. Yeah, for like the last three years, three, four years, yeah. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it, you know, it's heavy werewolf stuff, um, day-night stuff, like it turns from day to night while you're playing. Um, the mechanics... Which is, are- a, which is a new mechanic, by the way. So every time Innistrad comes out, there's a lot of new mechanics, and the, the set has a huge theme around halloween-ish stuff like ghouls spirits zombies and werewolves and vampires yeah and thematically i think it's really it's it's a great little set um like one of the mechanics that i like a lot are the two two uh zombies that you make there's these zombies that uh have decay on them is that the word yes it's yeah. decaying they have decaying on them so they only, you only get to use them once they attack and then they fall apart and this is a great little idea that you know you have these creatures that are just like dog shit you know you could send them into battle one time and that's it and uh you, you could also sacrifice them and use them as fodder which is the first deck that i thought of um but what do you think of the set all in all I'm having a great time with it. Um, I think it's the best in a shroud set that they've ever had. Uh, what's also a nice thing is that uh, you're watching it right now on our stream, and that's the new trailer for Innistrad. And this is the first time they've had a trailer for a set in the last year, which is kind of nice to see because um, like about six or seven sets ago, they ever, they released the first Magic the Gathering trailer, which was amazing. It had like a Linkin Park song that was a cover. Um. They had a bunch of other shit, and like it was animated really nicely, and people love seeing their favorite characters animated, and uh, it was just a great, a great, uh, just overall piece of art. And so um, people got really excited that this got shown. There's a lot of uh, lore stuff that's shown in the trailer, and there's a lot of cool like uh, details that you, if you don't really know anything about it, you can look in further into it. But it's just a good time. Uh, the new set's great. Uh, unfortunately, we can't. I can't talk about the this thing that doesn't really exist anymore because the, it's a timed event, but there was a pre-release for the set where if you paid $49, you essentially got like $90 worth of ship for included. Yeah, um, I paid for it. <laughs> Nick and convinced it, me. I was like, dude, we got a, a pack for a dollar each and then yeah, a bunch of other it, stuff. It, 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 was, just, it was just bonkers. Packs, it yeah, was, okay. So it's like... You you paid forty nine bucks. You got the mastery, which normally is twenty bucks. You got three drafts, which are usually ten dollars each. You got the pre release event, which is normally twenty dollars. You got a bunch of card art and a copy of the card, and then you got some other stuff, and, and you got a pet. And it, they they you can tell that they really wanted people to to play this set, and people are. It's one of the most popular sets right now, so. Yeah, um, the other can. major thing is that four of the previous sets have now rotated. So the card like pile for playing like competitively went from like a huge amount to like 60%. So uh, there's going to be a lot of new decks and a lot of changes. So yeah. The meta is kind of shifting right oh, now. Not kind of completely changed. Completely changed. When I signed yeah. on to my, my, when I saw my library of decks, 
they all had exclamation marks because I have to modify them to get them up to standard. If I want to play standard, you could always play uh, modern. Historic. Yeah. yeah. Um, one last thing, um, just thematically how they fit cards into uh, into the set or the idea with the cards. So there's these, um, you know, ghosts, ghouls, all that stuff, right? So there's these little characters little creatures if you kill one they go into your graveyard just like everything else and then from the graveyard you could play its disturb cost so you disturb it when it's in the graveyard and it comes back as a spirit spirit. and the spirits are like a flying version of the creature that you originally had might have another little thing going on for it but if that thing dies it exiles it's it can't even go into the graveyard it, it just disappears forever and i just you know thematically and like the art for all of these are just so great you have the like the living version and then you flip the card over and you have the ghost version and then you know it just it fucking works and then the whole day night thing going on with the werewolves like uh if somebody has a werewolf decks you're always trying to make it daytime again on your side of the mm-hmm. game because you, you don't want to fucking fight those things when they're all fucking we- werewolfed up, right? You want to make them humans. So that's it's a cool little uh, cool little mechanic. Yeah, good good set. Nice. Yeah, very happy with it. Um, I definitely play Magic, and that takes uh, that takes care of my uh, talking point in the notes. Thank God. Um, I ended up playing some Hunt Showdown, um, and to my surprise. Uh, they have a new game mode where you actually just play solo now. And um, so you can actually just play solo doubles or, uh, or triples and triples are the original is the original game mode. You like, you played on a team of three and you, uh, you know, usually got carried or carried your teammates and had a good time killing bosses and stuff. Um, Uh, So, Hey Nick, just because this game is so original, there's only like three games that that have. Can you explain the the game the game mechanic and the the gameplay loop? So yeah, so this um, if anyone's familiar with Escape from Tarkov, it's a very similar concept. Um, it, what the, no one's really put a real label on it. They call it a they call it a raid based shooter or an instance based shooter. I put a label on it. I call it play for keeps games. Yes, that's a, that's that's a good that's a good way to put it if you're not familiar with them at all. So essentially, what you do is you build a character um, depending on what level you are and how much uh, how much time you have in game and things like that. Um, you have certain things you can buy, and so everybody's given a certain amount of money. You don't really face people that are way above you in rank. Uh, they have a great meta system. Where it's like, if you're level 13, you're not going to play with like the level 70 chads that have explosive spears that kill you in one hit. It just it it just doesn't happen, and and that's that's purpose like that's purposeful. And if you use the matchmaking and stuff like that, or you're playing teams, like it, you get really balanced shit. Um, but to to further elaborate on the mechanic, so yeah, you you um. You build you, you you download a character. Your character has perks. Your character has um, your character has a certain look. Some character models are bigger. Some of them are smaller. Some of them are faster. Some of them are slower. Some of them have different health bars. So, for example, some of them have four piece health bars, while some of them have three piece health bars. And your first aid kit will heal one whole piece, or yeah, one whole piece. So, if you have four pieces and you lose one piece, 
or you lose two pieces and you use a health, you use a first aid kit, you'll go to three. You don't go back to full health. But with three health bar, three health bars, you go back to full health. So it's very. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of details that are in the game, but uh, you can literally now that it's singles or doubles, you can really play for free because in the singles game mode, it's free. It's a way to make money. Is you just play the singles game mode and you don't have to build a character. You play with free stuff, and so whatever you survive with, you keep, and you also make money for surviving. Uh, the thing is, in singles, I believe it's twenty man lobbies, and in singles, it's it's there's just one winner. In teams of twos and teams of threes, there are multiple winners, and even if you don't win. If you like your shit and you and, and your teammate's dead and you don't want to die, you can leave early and you can just bounce out and take like the fifty dollar fucking like uh, penalty and keep all your shit. So it, there's a lot of, of of different aspects to the game, and it's been around for a while. It had a terrible, terrible, terrible launch. Um, the game was buggy. The net code was terrible. Um, there was a lot of overpowered shit. But it's it's really balanced now. They have a new event where it's it's called like the Spectre and the Spirit or something like that, where you choose a weapon to get for free. Either you choose a tomahawk or you choose a bow and arrow, and they're both Native American characters that you can unlock and play as. And uh, they both have their advantages. Tomahawks, you can they're they're a throwing weapon, so you can have guns still. But meanwhile, bows you have more ammo and they're stronger. And uh, there's there's just a lot to play. Um, I won one solo game, which was nice, after the six that I played. But um, one thing that I will say, compared to like Tarkov as well, is that no cheaters. I haven't ran into a single cheater. If anyone knows anything about Tarkov right now, uh, your chances of running into a cheater is like 47% right now in a game, Jeez. which is absurd. That's um, a broken the, game. The the Tarkov player base is is like running like crazy. Uh, no one's playing the game anymore because of these cheaters. Um, and so people, a lot of the Tarkov YouTubers and Tarkov streamers are playing games like Hunt. They're playing other games. They're playing games like Rust. Um, and so I was one of those people who are like, I have Hunt. I need a FPS to play until New World comes out. And uh, I just, you know, I just played Hunt, and I, I love it. I, I wish we had people on our Discord. If you if you have Hunt, if you want to play with somebody, I'd love to play with you. Uh, even if you're good or bad, I'll still play with you. So, Also, it's set in Louisiana in 1895 in an alternate reality, and it's a bunch of demons and shit, so it's pretty cool. A couple, uh, couple little things about it um, that I liked. With the matter, Yeah, when you're there, it is one of the creepiest games it's probably the creepiest online multiplayer game i think i've ever played um yeah and the bosses are terrifying there's a boss that's made out of hands and legs that crawls on the fucking ceiling that like like squeaks at you and it's terrifying it's a mixture of a horror game a multiplayer game a first person shooter and like a survival game yeah ideally Um, so so you and all these other teams spawn and then you're all hunting that that boss and you want to get its soul and take the soul to the exit. But you, there's so many ways that can play out. You can just wait till the other team does it and then ambush them on the way out. You can, like, not, like uh, he said, if you get a bunch of other loot, just leave. Just leave with what you got and, you know, you don't lose any of the stuff you have. There's a lot of ways to play this game. 
And yeah, I wish I this is one of the games that I wish I was good at. You know what's funny now is uh, due to a lot of like the changes they made to the game. Um, so, for example, when you kill the special zombies, I call them zombies, but they're not called zombies. But when you kill the special zombies now, they drop perks. And some of the perks make uh, su- being a supportive character way more like beneficial. So, like, usually, like, Bobby, when we play games, will be, like, the tank or something. Like, uh, there, are, there are things that that will make you take less damage if you're closer to people or if you're farther from people. But one of the number one perks that everybody always looks for is called the snake. And the snake allows you to res your friends from 15 feet away. Mm. And so like you always have that reserve friend that's hiding behind cover, resing your teammates. Um, The caveat is that if you're one of those people that, like I said before, with the health bars, if you have more health bars, you can lose a whole health bar by reviving somebody. But if you have three health bars, like the normal, like normal characters, you won't lose a whole health bar, which is nice. Hmm. Um, well, but like good. I said, they made the game easier to play, but still, uh, you know, still fun and still very rewarding for skilled players. It's good to know, man. Hmm. Um, also, they're having a huge sale on DLC and it's not pay to win in any, any sense. It's all, um, they're all cosmetics. Um, the quote-unquote legendary weapons, you're like, oh, man, this is like Jimbo shotgun. I guess it does, like, triple damage. No, it just looks cool and makes funny noises and shit. Um, it's a lot of DLC. Yeah, no, it, and they're all, like I said, character skins. Like, there's a guy, like, it's called a brown, bone briar, and he's, like, a, a crazy, like, Cajun guy who's, like, a prepper, and, like, an 1895 prepper is just a naked guy in the woods covered in bird shit. Um, and he just runs around covered in mud with a loincloth on and bones on his back. But somehow he's carrying the same guns and shit as everyone else. The bow, the, the bow and arrow sounded exciting. I would have wanted Yeah, um, and, and the thing is, like, this game also has, like, a... It has a lot of shit, and, and, and it's getting a lot of player influx, but... Um... Like now you can get exploding arrows. Like when you, the more you play with certain items, the better they get. Like the game blossoms. It doesn't flood you with a bunch of shit to do in the beginning. It's the more you play, the more you learn, the more is available to you. So So. there, this game has been out for like four or five years. Uh, All time peak is 34,000, but the past 24 hours is 25,000. So yeah, huge influx. if you look in July, right, you look at the stats, you see that big plus of 1,164. Yeah. That's when the new cheats for Tarkov came out. Yeah. As soon as those new cheats came out, everybody started switching games again. Yeah. And because this game is so similar on how, like, the rounds work in everybody, every, everybody's playing this. Me, you, and Bobby once played this game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we played, like, three rounds. I've never and, played oh, it was, No, it wasn't. I who was it? it was I've, me, you, and who? Who else was it? Diddy? I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, it, I, I was, remember me and you playing it. I was somebody. so bad. My computer couldn't even run it. Well, I dude, yeah, that was the big problem with this game. It was so sluggish. Like you felt like you. Yeah, were, but that's all and worked fixed, out now. They fix all the performance issues. So, yeah. like I said, if you if you have it, play it. I mean, if you have it, I'll play it with you. Um, but yeah, yeah. cool. Uh, so tell us about Splitgate, Bobby. Splitgate. Uh, yeah, so I played some of that on Friday. 
I managed to get on at a decent hour on on Friday and uh, caught the usual Friday crew just in time. And we all started playing some Splitgate. Now, this game we had played, well, I had played about two years ago. I played the beta. It's basically Halo with portals. You shoot an entrance portal, an exit portal. It allows you to like shoot people from from vantage points or to escape. Uh, you can do all sorts of fun things in this game. And they've ripped off just about everything from Halo and a little bit from <laughs> Call, of, Call of Duty, um, like every game mode. So when I played it in beta, I played it for about 45 minutes, and I wasn't that impressed. I thought it was kind of fun, but I couldn't imagine playing it for any long duration of time. Uh, this time around, maybe it was because I was with friends, but I we played it for a while, and I had a pretty good time. We kept switching to all the different game modes. There's one game mode where it's like a knockout round. It's called Showdown, where um, 3v3, um, once you die, you're out. And when one team wins, they get the win for that round, and then you play like 12 rounds or however many until the other team cannot come back. So it felt a little more competitive. And speaking of competitive, they do have a ranked mode in this game. But it was a lot of fun. It it feels a lot like the old shooters, like Halo. Like, well, I guess Call of Duty and Halo are pretty modern now, too. But the guns aren't, like, overly complex. It is kind of hard to tell them apart. And the game is doing really well. I've seen a lot of people on my friends list playing it. Uh, There's 13,000 people playing it right now. Um, it's got a healthy player base, so I'm glad to see the game's doing well. Uh, they've got a battle pass too. I guess that's how they're monetizing on this battle pass and cosmetics. You can buy in-game currency, but it's all for cosmetic stuff. And the cosmetic stuff actually does look pretty good. They've got a lot of these gun skins that I, I haven't seen this before, but they've got these gun skins that like shimmer or wave almost with the colors. It, hmm. it looks really pretty. Uh, what was I going to say about, uh, this is, yeah, uh, was it fastidious was like dude you ever seen this game i was like yeah i played it like two years ago dude he's like no no no. look at look at how many people are playing now it's fucking awesome so i looked it up and yeah it has it's definitely had a resurgence um so this is season zero and you can play for free which kind of makes me feel like you know when it gets goes to season one they're probably going to start charging 20 bucks or something so it might be a really good time to like try it out right now I feel like they're going to start charging, but who knows? They might charging go just to get into the game. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I figured they would charge. You can buy the battle pass with in-game currency. Oh, now, wow. They give you 50 in-game. They call it split coin too. in-game currencies always have the stupidest names. Um, you, you start out with 50 split coin and somehow I earned a hundred more. Now the battle huh. pass, they have two battle passes. There's like a premium and a regular. I don't know what the difference is. I, the regular was like 900. The premium was 2000. So I don't know if you can just play this game a lot and eventually earn the battle pass. Now they're doing what every other game does with a battle pass. You earn the rewards. And then once you buy it, you unlock all of it. So it kind of entices you like, Hey, look what you could be getting if you had the battle pass. Yeah. 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 But yeah. And the cosmetics are cool, but like I said, it's, hard to tell the guns apart i guess that comes with playing the game a lot more well that and once you buy the skins i'm sure they look way more different you know that's probably one of the perks well the frame of the gun still looks the Uh, same yeah it's got the same structure but yeah it was it it was really fun man i was having a great time it was probably because we were winning so much too we were winning a lot I, i was having good and bad rounds but overall we were winning like almost every game that we played nice good to know 
Yeah, free to play. Check it out. It is like, well, it's only like 13 gigs, I think. It's pretty small. but That's not bad at all for a free-to-play game of this quality, too. Yeah. I, I would... I have a couple of friends that have been that have been playing it once again from the Tarkov Fallout, so I might pick it up this week. I need something new to something new and fresh to play before New yeah. World comes out. Well, I'm just surprised that it it held my attention for so long because it's such a, you know, those old first person shooters back in the day. They were so quick and inconsequential, and that's really all you had. So of course you kept playing it. But now, uh, other games have tried this. Like Toxic came out and tried to bring back that early 2000s first-person shooter type game and it's like for an hour that's fun but then after that you're totally over it but i i feel like a game like this ha- gives a little more <sighs> you can win through cleverness and not just um twitch reactions it, yeah it does add a strategy element with the portals and yeah. some people i imagine that the player base will get wise to this eventually, but some people are pretty clueless. Like <laughs> there's, there's certain game modes where you have to defend a point or you're playing King of the Hill and you should, you just shoot a portal behind them and then you shoot a portal next to you. And then you just headshot them one by one. Like you just get free shots on them the whole time. <laughs> so it's taken a while for people to understand some yeah. of the mechanics of the game, but I imagine that'll change as it goes on. That's what but, I was going to say. I knew you're going to fucking outsmart these motherfuckers. You probably weren't going to help. <laughs> I, I, I do like that. I do like that there's more of an intellectual strategy element to it. And yeah. then I was like, who needs that. quick reaction times when you have strategy? I mean, it does help to have the quick reaction times, too, though. <laughs> it is a it is a first-person shooter. Fish in a barrel, anyone? Yeah. All right. Uh, what more can we say about New World, man? So, as everyone knows, New World's coming out um, at, in 11 days, you know, 28th, so nine days. Um as far as the DLG community goes, we are starting our own guild, uh, per se, or clan, whatever you want to call it. It's known as the Cerveza Snobs. They wouldn't give us beer snobs down with New World. Give us our title as we want it, you greedy bastards. Um, we will be playing on probably most likely U.S. e-servers. However, uh, we are taking a straw poll on you know, what servers people would like to play on. Um, you are more, anyone in our community is more than likely to, or more than well, like more than welcome to join our, our guild or clan. You can, uh, go into the digital logic, uh, discord, which you can find the link below in our description, uh, for our Twitch page, also on our YouTube channel. And you can go ahead and join and just request at sniper to give you the permissions to join the, um, clan channel hey, and sniper, we'll you, you in there. You looked completely confused the entire time he was talking. Was there misinformation? Going on there? Who me? Yeah, you're like wait. Uh, no, nah, we're playing on US East. There's no pull for it. It's East. We're oh, locked. we decided East after all. We're locked the fuck in. East is all the right. best. West is not the best. <laughs> yeah, so okay, we're playing US East. Um, but yeah, so uh, I think we already have what like thirty members. Yeah, like, we have quite a bit. So and Ray's bringing in his crew, so that's another like six or whatever. So it's more the merrier when you're doing a clan. Like there's no downsides really. We we're also we're not like super sweaty. (laughs) We do have some super sweaty members. Um, we're like we're more of just like a a group of people that you can talk to and we'll help each other out leveling and stuff. You're more than likely gonna find somebody a similar level than you while you're in game. Um, like people like me, I'm only probably gonna play like four or five hours a week. Um, while there's gonna be people that 
you know, live off a disability or whatever, and that play like 40, 30 hours a week. So, uh, so for me, it's bought Nick. It's bought for you. I'm guessing. Yeah. I already bought it. Sniper. It's mm-hmm. bought for you. Yeah. bought Bobby. I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Down. Come on down, Bobby. It's the water. All the great. cool kids are doing it. We just proved it, man. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like you said, guys are going to be all hot on it for a month and then it's going to be something else. Oh, hey, 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 now. Maybe two, two or three months. <laughs> it's going to be wild 2.0, man. It's going to take over the world. No. <laughs> I don't know. That's a bold statement. <laughs> it's a bold statement, Cotton. Cool. Let's get to Oh, Nick, you want to plug some stuff? Uh, Yes. Uh, So I know I've done a lot of talking uh, in a row. Um, So like I mentioned earlier, we have a new show. Uh, It's called RNG with DLG. We're on episode, I believe, six now. Um, And this week's guest was at the lotion or just the lotion. Um, A very interesting uh, guest and a only not because he's a black guy in Korea, but also because uh, he's just a very interesting guy. Uh, we talked about uh, growing up in different generations, uh, growing up in fantasy generations in the sense of like, if you can grow up in a different one, which one would you choose all the way to military life um, and much more uh, you this week, uh, the, this coming week, our guest will be tag Loro. Um, unfortunately slash fortunately, we have a very flow and ebb and flow schedule. We do not do a set day, um, due to the fact that we don't know what guests we're going to have until the previous guest states. Cause we do a popcorn guest system where the previous guest names who they would like to be on the show. So the lotion, uh, said that he wanted tag Loro to be on the show because tag Loro uh, has been to more places than than Lotion, even though Lotion's in the military and has been to, I believe, five different countries. Um, so, yeah. Um, you can watch the show. We make an alert um, at least a day ahead regarding what day and time the show will air. It's usually an hour long. Um, we play a game nine times out of ten. However, um, if we aren't, it's me playing a solo game. And that will turn in like uh, I'll be interviewing the person that's that's chosen. So, um, like I said, you can join the discord to see more information on that. We will be this week. We will be ripping the episodes from uh, from Twitch and putting them on YouTube so everybody can actually watch them. And we'll be getting those out to everybody else on the discord as well. So thank you. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Let's talk about our game of the week, Humankind. So this right, is the buddy. game that I selected. Give it to me straight. I want, I want, I, I want, I want the clean cut answer in the right now. Is it better than Civ or is it not? Well, I never played Civ Six. Oh, okay. So if you're talking about Civ, about Civ Five, I don't know yet because this game, even though I spent a lot of time playing it, it is an incredibly long game and you have to spend a lot of time in it and go through multiple playthroughs before you really start to understand it. Mm -hmm. So I've really only scratched the surface on it. Now this game has the potential to be really good, but the honest to God fact was I was just in no mood to play this type of game this week, Uh, partially because I was just so obsessed with Slay the Spire, but also I'm, I'm not really into these long haul games anymore. I, I, I like the, the pick up and go and get to the point type games. Um, 
but I do think it is really good and really well designed. I think they really delivered on the idea of taking you from basic hunter gatherers all the way up to modern society. Like you really feel like you are experiencing the entire duration of humanity in this game. And that's really cool. And I I like a lot of the elements that they have where you interact with the other cultures. Um, If your values or beliefs or the things that you've picked as your culture develops align with theirs, then a treaty is a little more easier to accomplish and treaties take on various forms. Um, There's a lot of great stuff in there like that. Uh, it it all seemed very Civ-like to me. I haven't played a Civ game in forever, but it it seemed very similar to it. Maybe a little more a little more serious than Civ. Civ take, you know, it has some kind of like comedy in it. It's not quite. It's a little more cartoon. Yes, it's a serious game, but compared to this one, this one seemed like a history lesson. Although very very well done. I mean, yeah. The, I've I always said say that this game is very well thought out. However, there are some unneeded features, and I'll get deeper into that later. Well, w- one of the things that I really liked about it, uh, well, first of all, this this developer is always my bar when I say uh, when it comes to UIs. The UI is incredible. I like all the information is there, and all you have to do is mouse over it to get a. a rough idea of what that button does or why why you have a number there um but one of one of my favorite things about it is every time you go into a new epoch or epoch i think we're all disagreeing with how you say that um you get to choose one of the uh cultures that was dominate dominant in that time era uh in in regular history right so um Every time you graduate to the next level up, you pick one. But you could also just keep the original one that you had, mm-hmm. and that has perks like well, you get a ten percent bonus to your fame. Uh, yeah, yes. the thing that you try to achieve in order to get more um, or to level up further. And yeah. what's interesting about that is once you lock that in, nobody else can pick it, and that goes for a lot of things in this game. Which I don't know. There must be other games out there that do that, but. Um, I don't think I've come across that before where you, you pick a faction or you, you pick um, something in the religious, uh, like a religious benefit and nobody else can get that. That one's taken. That's, that's in Civ 6 and in Civ 5, by the way. It's in Civ 5? Yes. So whenever you pick a religious, uh, you pick a religious uh, benefit, none of the other players can pick it. Okay. I must have forgot about that. Um Another thing that I liked about it, and most of what I'm talking about is from the tutorials. I spent more times in tutorials than I did playing the game, which is, it was at least an hour of tutorials, I think. Well, at the beginning of the game, it asks you, are you familiar with these types of games? It it gives you three options, and based on the one you pick, it gives you more or less tutorials. So the one that I picked, the middle option, um, I wasn't in tutorials very long at all. Mm. Yeah, Uh, I had about two hours worth of tutorials with the middle option as well. And I definitely needed uh, a refresh because I haven't played since Civ Four, I think. So I'm glad that I did it because it was all very well. Like from top to bottom, the thing is done super well. The problem is I don't have 60 hours to play this. If I was a single guy um, and a virgin, I'd probably be playing this a lot more. <laughs> so the the combat. Someone's asking about the combat in chat. Um, 
I think it's been so long since Civ Five that forgive me if I'm misremembering something, but I think the combat plays out pretty much the same. I don't remember. So in this game, when your two units uh, find each other, it goes into a different game mode where you get to, first of all, put where they're going to deploy, mm-hmm. and then you get to decide kind of what direction it comes from. It seems like it's giving you more agency than there actually is, I feel like. At the end of the day, it's just like your guys beating up their guys in the bigger numbers usually Well, it's win. a very rock, paper, scissors yeah. system that they have. Yes. The cavalry yes. wins over the infantry. The infantry wins over the pikemen. The archers, you know, they lose against everyone in melee combat. So it's it's very rock, paper, scissors, but there's also advantages based on who has the high ground. Um, so terrain advantages can apply. Yeah, high ground but is huge. I think huge. it's just like, just like Civ Five, not nearly as complex as the Total War games. Um, no, the I mean, combat, right? The yeah, combat, yeah. 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 I yeah. mean, it, it's still pretty simple, and it can spread out over multiple turns, too. Like, you can only do so much combat in one, in one turn. Chris, did you play this with us? Uh, no, I, I didn't play it. But this is your jam, right? Yeah, it is. I'm just playing like three of these games right now, and it's just a fucking lot, man. Like, yeah, like three of these types of games. Um, but I do want to sink my teeth into this, though. Um, you know, it's uh, not that well. It's it's well critically reviewed, but it's not very well peer reviewed. Did you guys run yeah. any bugs or anything? Yes, 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 yes. I didn't have any. So I ran into a couple of combat bugs. Um, I had a couple of crashes. I think it's because I have a 3070. Um, some people said that they had some issues with newer graphics cards. Um, but as far as anything else, um, I can see why people are not review bombing it, but like giving it bad reviews. Um, and that's probably because, Hey, it's not Civ. Um, like I said, I feel like there's a couple things that are not like very much needed. Like the Neolithic era, I feel is a waste of time. Um, like the whole, like, let's gather food and then we can find a village and then we can find a city. Well, Civ, you just start off with your, your city finders and then you just, you know, you establish your city immediately or within the next turn. Cause some people are ballsy and wait until three turns to fucking establish a city like a maniac. Um, but it, the game, the game, this game has a lot of nice and new features while having some of new ones where you're just like, why is this even part of the game again? Um, one thing I did like was you choose your culture slash race slash civilization at every epoch. Like you guys mentioned, it's like I chose Egyptians and then I chose uh, Teutons and I, and, 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 and then, well, I didn't choose them in that order, but, I also cho- chose the Phoenicians and like it, it playing the game is always different. It seems like so. Yeah. Cause um, if each, each one of those cultures has a different perk. And so if you, as long as you don't go down the same route every single time, you're going to, your mix of perks is going to be original or at least different every time you play the game. And, you know, you can find out how you want to win, which, you know, you can go science or military or, uh, cultural, there's like five different ways I think you can win. Yeah, um, yes, that you can focus in on. Um, I hate, you know, <laughs> it's a little. Their splash page is like nine, 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 four, five. But if you actually look, it's uh, it's more like seventy percent. It's seven out of ten everywhere you look. Like everywhere, I checked a, a bunch of places, and um, 
I feel like that's kind of where it's at. Um, it's beautifully done, well researched. Um, it has all the bells and whistles, but as far as like minute for minute or maybe even <laughs> 10 for 10 minutes uh, fun, like it, I think you would have to play this game for at least three, four hours before you can have a a, a good enough grasp that you're having fun with it. And that's asking a lot for, for people that don't have time. I, I feel like if you are a 4X player, this would be a better time for you. But if you have a clear bias, then stay away. Like if you're like, you know, Civ is the greatest piece of art. And let alone there are people that don't play Civ 6 because they think Civ 5 is better and still put in 4,000 hours in Civ 5 because they think it's better. If, if if that's your shit, that's your shit. But this is very much if you're trying to look for a new 4X game, this may be your this may be your jam. Uh but that's the thing. Nobody's looking for a new 4X game. Like <laughs> people who play 4X games, they're so time demanding that when people play 4X games, they become really staunch supporters of whatever game they happen to like. Usually Civ Five. So I, I, I don't. I don't know about that. I feel like there is a time proposition, though. You know, do you want to play the seven out of ten, or are you going to play the ten out of ten? If you're going to put sixty hours into it. Like, if this game was good off the bat, I think so many people would have switched to it. But because there's, like, a couple things, uh, yeah, people will be playing there. That's the thing. The the couple things aren't bright and shining problems. It's Mm -hmm. just, like, I didn't find it inherently fun. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I would really find Civ that much fun either. And nobody liked Civ 6, really. Like, nobody's liked a 4X game since Civ 5, basically. I feel like a game like this can be fun, but ultimately it's rewarding once you get to the point. These games are rewarding because you put in so much time and you get something out of it. But as far as fun, Slay the Spire is fucking fun in five minutes, not three hours. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. It, so, that, yeah. Goes along, that goes along the lines of, like, how much time do you have and stuff like that? You know, do you have time to put in... For a later reward, and I feel like this is like you guys said. If you have more time, this is probably for you. But if you don't, stay away. So this is a recommendation for me, uh, with a caveat that you're into four X games, or you just broke your leg and you got to kill a lot of time. Yeah, same, same same exact thing for me actually. All right, are we going to learn how to properly pronounce this word? Uh, yeah, you did this uh, last I, time, dude. I don't think it. I, you know, who's Google, who's Google to tell me? Well, the thing is, you guys are, I think you guys are pronouncing it like the British do, which is awesome. You know, that's how I pronounce most of my things too, but. Epic. In the American, it's epic. I'm never going to say call it epic because it sounds like epic. Epoch. Yeah. No, I've always it's said epoch. epoch. Yeah. Hmm. It's epitch. That's weird. Epitch. <laughs> it's epoch. <laughs> that's it from now on. That's canon. We're putting yep. it in. Bobby, what's your final? On humankind, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Bobby. Can't, so goddamn eloquent until it, it comes to the final word. It's just like, yeah, yeah. yeah I don't like boiling things. things down to a number or a final word. You know, it's just, I, I don't know. I think it's fine. I honestly there's couldn't people tell out much there. of a difference between this and a Civ game. Bobby, tell me there's not people out there who be like, I'm waiting to see what Bobby says on this before I pull the trigger. There's probably like 
three and a half people uh, out there, man. I feel sorry for those people. <laughs> you should not be buying games based on my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> then why are we here? <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, that man. I, I, I've, I was going to say something, but my brain literally just turned off. Cool. Let's go to listener questions. That's a good time to get there with the turned off brain. <laughs> yeah, it's best to turn your brain off for this part. All right. First question coming from Hogglefosh. He asks, is the golden age of video games still to come? I'd, I'd say yes. Uh, I, yeah, think- I say yes. Uh, yeah. Really? Is it yeah. still to come? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Definitely yes. Yeah, because once we get to Hollow Deck, like Ready Player One, where everybody yeah. has a VR headset, uh, and and everybody is having a good time, whether or not you're like twelve years old or eighty years old, I think that's going to be the golden age. Yeah, I agree. I feel like uh, once once there's that, there's like full immersions, not even haptic feedback. You don't even need that, but uh, where you get to the point where VR is, you just you're controlling it with your brain as opposed to your motor functions. I think that's going to be so immersive that it, you know, it's going to change the world. Um, at that. And the other thing is that where computing is going to get so powerful, that game development is going to be so easy. Uh, most of the work is going to be done by the computer and you could just literally tell a computer what to do and it'll do it. So those two things I think is why golden, golden age if they if you call it that yeah have you guys seen that uh stargate atlantis episode where they find this ancient table and they're playing an rts game and then they one develops like super warlike and the other develops super peaceful and then they discover that planet and they're like oh shit this wasn't a game this was for real and that you communicate to the people with like this deity thing so they think they're gods basically that's the golden age of gaming when we build civilizations with fucking games, dude. That's that's gonna be it. But what happened exactly? How was the game? Yeah, how did they have a board game that was a, a real planet? There, uh, you know, Stargate, right? Kinda. Okay, they find the, the missing city of Atlantis, but it's made by these really advanced oh, humans. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. And uh, yeah through the whole series you see them playing this game every week and then one of the last episodes you find out it wasn't a game that it was just a real planet they were fucking with so mind blown right yeah all right next one. Oh, bobby do you have um i like pong yeah i don't i don't think i agree with you guys yeah uh i i, I don't know i don't know i can't imagine video games getting that much better because we already have vr but it's cool, you know, but it's not like revolutionizing anything, you know. It didn't really. It wasn't a game changer, is what I'm saying here. What, what we're like saying is, once the technology gets to the point where yeah. it does revolutionize, like revolutionize everything, where it becomes commonplace, like that will be, that will be the the. Um, yeah, but what's that going to change? I mean, the way we control games, the amount when of, you start like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, the <laughs> amount of uh, immersion. You know, you still, even though you might lose yourself for a minute in, we're in the caveman days of VR. Once you get to the point where you're controlling it with your mind and it's a hundred percent immersive and you forget where you are completely, that's, that's a gigantic step. when games imitate life? Yeah. But better. We already got life though. I mean. (laughs) Yeah, but you can't fly with fucking dick lasers, dude, in Uh, life. 
I don't know if I'd want to. I do. Dick lasers. I don't know if that's it should be a goal that we're trying to achieve here. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's kind of hard to top the 90s when it comes to gaming because things were just advancing at such a rapid pace and there was so much innovation. And now it's just like, where's the innovation at? There really isn't a whole lot. The innovation is how do we squeeze more money out instead of how we squeeze yeah. more fun well, out. Yeah, I mean, there's a different focus from the developing standpoint. Yeah. But also just like, I mean, I haven't upgraded my PC in three, four years now and I feel absolutely no need to. Um, you know, in the early 2000s, I was upgrading at least once a year. You had to. try to keep up with what was coming out and what yep. was changing. There was just all these new genres and then free to play came around and then MOBAs and then, yeah, I mean, it was just one thing after another, but now it's just like, I don't know. Now we're getting, uh, part fives and part sixes of those things. Yeah. And it, a part of that too, is that, you know, when we play video games and talk about them every week, we're just like constantly in the mix, you know, when you're a little more when you don't live in this world as much, I guess uh, things seem a little more new and innovative, but I don't know. Yeah, totally dude. Cause that's why and I've always said this about PC gaming podcasts and like PC gaming media. Generally PC gamers do not bounce and bounce and bounce and bounce to different games. They, uh, they have their three, two, three games that they play for like, yep. And each one of those games in, is in a, like a three-year cycle. So one might go down, they'll pick one up. And so they don't, it's not like console games where like you're always looking for the next best thing. There's these the games that just go on and on and they're fucking amazing. You could just play, you could play TF2, Civ 5, and like some other game forever. And like, there's enough there to just play there forever. So PC gamers don't jump around, but we jump around just to keep things fresh because people give us one-star reviews. We're talking about magic for every <laughs> every week. Uh, so yeah, we're in a special little boat here and we're glad that you're here for the ride. <laughs> okay, next question comes from Morconius. He says, Marvel superhero games like movies are becoming massive money makers. And instead of being directly related to the movies, they are building their own storylines. Uh, the Square Enix Avengers game was a miss, and the font keeps changing. He's just fucking with you, dude. <laughs> Square Enix Avenger game was a miss, and Firaxis is making a turn-based Marvel game. Which developer would you like to make a superhero game, and which superhero? Mm. I want to see. I want to see the people who make God of War. I want to see them make like a um, a Doctor Strange game, only because Doctor Strange has some of like the most absurd and varied storylines in his comics and things like that. That you could really make any kind of storyline you want with them, right? Um, and, and I feel like anytime anybody makes a movie or a uh, or or a game about any of these characters, you can just completely skip the origin story now. Like you, like when it comes to Spider-Man, when it comes to anybody, anytime there's a new iteration of it, like they even made a joke about it in uh, No Way Home, or not No Way Home, the Miles Morales Spider-Man, uh, the one that was animated. They're like, oh, you already know the Spider-Man fucking origin story. Like, why the fuck do we need to explain it to you? And like, they, they just, and so... With Doctor Strange, there's so much shit that they can do, and the writers at God of War or, or, or uh, 
Sony Entertainment, Sony Entertainment are just amazing. So, yeah, that's what I would choose. The uh, Ragnarok's coming around the corner, right? Or they just announced it? So they they announced it. It's coming, I believe, the end of next year. Um, they said uh, mid to late 2023. Yeah. Or 2022. That's God of, uh, War, God of War's next uh, title. In the same universe, right? That more. Yes. And the trailer's beautiful. It has the PS5 graphics. Um, you really can't tell the difference between cinematics and um and gameplay it's absurd um there's some spoilers uh in the trailer um but to be honest what what the what the main director has stated in the past regarding this game like the second game is that they want to make another trilogy um and and if this game obviously does good they're gonna make a third one um, if anyone's played the first one of this new trilogy, they know that they pretty much have another two trilogies set up um, where essentially Kratos might be going to the Egyptian uh, mythos and then as well as the Shinto mythos. Um, and so the reason being is that there's a moment in the game where he goes into a mirror where a character named Mimir, who is an all seeing character that knows everything about everything, essentially is the internet and the Nordic world. Um, and in the mirror, there's a, there's a symbol for the Greek mythos or pantheon. There's a symbol for the Nordic pantheon. There's a symbol for the Shintoism pantheon, and there's a symbol for the Egyptian pantheon. And it's kind of like a, and it's kind of like a star map, and it kind of shows where Kratos has started, and uh, Kratos is like surprised by it. So, um, yeah, the second game of this new trilogy is coming out. Um, it, it, I think it's three years or two years after the first game, um, but it looks amazing. I'm gonna play it for sure. Me and Leslie are gonna essentially every time Vivi goes to bed or take a nap, we're gonna be playing that game. So, uh, too bad it's so far off, but. Hopefully they make something good. Back to the answer to this question. Uh, I don't know what developer would be right for this, but I don't think we've gotten the Wolverine game that we deserve. I would There's a new one out. From who? Um, the people that made Spider-Man. Oh, nice. Uh, the newest Spider-Man? Yeah. Yeah, they are coming out with Wolverine. Oh, nice. I, uh, uh, apparently... Yeah, it's supposed to be like an M for Mature game. Good. Uh, people people are saying that it's supposed to be close to Logan as far as like tone and stuff. So fantastic. Uh, but that's going to be a PlayStation exclusive. Uh, I think it's one of those timed exclusives again. Yeah. Or it's like or it, the new term that they're saying is console exclusive. Mm. So no other console, so no Switch and no Xbox, uh, but it will be available for PC. Gotcha. And so this is a trailer. It's like 40 seconds long. The, the reason uh, there's a Hulk reference in the trailer for, for those that care. But uh, if you look at the people in the background, there's like a like people cut open and like missing limbs and like bloodied and shit. There's a but, comic book episode that I mean, there's a comic issue that starts exactly like this for Wolverine. Yeah. Um, I just the reason I was bringing it up is I just really, really hope that they implement the regeneration mechanic that he has built in correctly. Like in the comics, it's almost like how much damage can he take and still keep moving forward? Uh, as opposed to like running behind something and, and, and hiding and, 
and healing while he gets together. Usually it's just like, there's been points where he's just fighting. He's just muscle and skeleton and just keeps coming forward or gets blown up. And he's just a skeleton and starts regrowing everything. Like it's almost, he's nigh, uh, immortal. Yeah. But, but it's never really, usually it's just a health bar that comes back. No, I want to see fully destructible body body parts just fucking getting blown off. While he's, you can't blow off his skeleton. So, like, crazy shit like that. That would be a really gruesome take on Wolverine. Would be great. So, are, are you, um, not to, to get on too much of a tangent, but I always have to bring this up when I talk about Wolverine. Are you familiar with um, the most depressing one-shot comic story of all time? What's that? So it's the storyline where Professor X becomes the president of the United States. <laughs> and uh, over time, he becomes corrupt in his power as president. And he starts making these um, these plans to make sure that no one can really stop him in a governmental state and, like, taking over the world through policies and politics and stuff. So a bunch of superheroes that don't agree with him are essentially imprisoned or in permadeath or in other way in other in other ways right so for example quicksilver is uh, on a perpetual treadmill and his like arms are tied to the ceiling and eventually he keeps running until his legs are like nubs Ugh. and he can't run anymore and it, it's a, it's a really dark and gruesome like immature thing uh the hulk his gamma radiation gets fucked up uh, because like professor X pays somebody to like develop some sort of new tool. And so whenever Bruce Banner turned into a Hulk, he just turned into like a giant blob where like his bones are all just jelly and he can't really do anything. And he's just stuck in prison. But Wolverine Wolverine is stuck in a vat of acid and it's like 30 feet deep. And so every time he regenerates and he tries to swim out, he just sinks to the bottom over and over and over again. And he can't Ugh, get up. That's awful, dude. And and so the way that the way the comic is the way the comic is told is by this really pessimistic detective. And he um he's like he's checking up on everybody. Like that's that's his job is to check up on all the uh superheroes that are detained. And so he checks up on uh everybody and you get this really gloom and dark fucking feeling about it. You're like, oh, I kind of feel dirty reading about this because essentially all your favorite superheroes are defeated in yeah. one way or another or like in purgatory that they're never going to get out unless someone saves them. And uh, he dies while crossing the street at the end of the comic. And that's how it ends. And, like uh, he, he literally gets hit by a, like an SUV at the end of the story. And that's how the whole comic ends. Professor X does? No, 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 no. The detective. Oh, shit. He's like, and then we'll ever wonder if justice will ever be applied. And, you know, blah, 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 blah. And this is the true, the duty of a, of a federal worker is, you know, doing his job and not questioning what he's told. And then he gets hit by a fucking car. Damn. And then, no, 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 no. The investigator. None of that's canon, right? Fun fact about Wolverine. Uh He's the only superhero from Alberta. Yes. Yeah. Yep. The the meme I love the meme about Wolverine. It's like the only person that can accurately play him in the uh, in the in the movies would be Danny DeVito, like twenty years ago, because he's five foot one. That's the other thing, dude. Fuck, Wolverine's never been portrayed right in the movies. He's a little tiny, super heavy guy, and we never get that. He's a little ball of muscle. He's five one. You could throw him, and he does damage. Bones are extremely dense. We we, yeah, but we got a six foot one version of him. All right, Bobby. After uh, 45 minutes comic book talk, do you even have an answer for this? 
What was the question? <laughs> what was the question? Which developer would you like to make a superhero game and which superhero? Um, what about an Ant-Man game where you're tiny and everything's big? Yeah. And I don't know. Give it to anybody. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and also getting big and everything small. Like, he can do both. Oh, he does both? I've never it's seen like a Ant-Man. Katamari game. Like, well, then why do they call him Ant-Man if he can get big, too? Because he almost dies when he does it. It's like a last resort type thing. Yeah, it, it says like his, it's like his ultimate move. Yeah. Like how Hulk becomes a world breaker. Hulk. He, can, he can do it for like 11 minutes, and then he passes out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's. <laughs> there's always like the butt joke where how do you defeat Thanos, and then you set, you send Ant-Man up his butt, and then he gets big and blows him up. Yeah, and, but it's like his ultimate move. <laughs> All right. Second question. All right. Uh, second question from Warconius. Us oldies remember that Westwood made an awesome Dune RTS. Who should make the new Dune RTS or should the Dune IP be used in a different genre? Uh, Sniper, you want to jump in here? Uh, sure. I enjoyed the other Dune RTS, but uh, someone in our chat was saying that this is already this is already a done deal. So Funcom is making the next Dune game and it's going to be like Conan Exiles. Um, Ooh, that sounds fun. A futuristic survival game like that? Uh, I'm yeah. Somewhat excited. Well, it's we not a survival game. Uh, I, just I think it dogs. would be a survival game, wouldn't it? That was what that yeah, game was. Kind of was right? a survival game. You just bonk people and raping no. village to survive. Exiles. Wait, am I getting it fucked up? Is Exiles the MMO? Yeah, I it's believe so. Like an MMO. It's like the open world game where you, oh. you could, it had a slider for customizing the penis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she yeah. got banned on Twitch oh. for it. Which is the Conan that's a city builder, city defense? Uh, Conan on or Conan conquered? Conan unconquered. unconquered. Yeah. Oh, unconquered. my bad, my yeah. bad, yeah. my bad. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, if they're trying for an MMO, MMO, it's gonna fail. It's just an not MMO. gonna work. What's it? <laughs> Emilio, quick! What is an NMO? It's it's an MMO that's not going to make it, dude. That's what it is. <laughs> not uh, making <laughs> out of here. I can't even believe that anybody could sit down in a meeting, get pitched an MMO, and still go. Obviously, it takes Amazon money to make one that works. <laughs> like, yeah, and almost getting canceled. <laughs> yeah, like it takes a lot, guys, a lot, and you don't have it, Funcom. I'm sorry. I, I might well, I might be eating my words in six months or two years or whatever, but. Yeah, their, their I, I numbers are pretty insane right now. Apparently, so what does Funcom make? Conan Exiles. <laughs> no, they've made other games. I can't remember <laughs> it's going to be a good game. There, there was one other. Game had a rough launch. A friend of yours played a lot of it. I can't remember what it was called. Chad played some of it. it, it we're City talking, of Heroes. No, after that, it was like the Secret World or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My friend really likes Secret yeah. World. But they started with Anarchy Online, which was a popular MMO. Yeah. So maybe they still got it. Maybe. I, well, the, the whole definition of an MMO is changing. Like it, we, whenever we hear that word, we just think of WoW and all the failed WoW clones. But MMOs really mean something different these days. So I don't know. Uh, Conan Exiles. I, I don't really think of that as an MMO. That was kind of like an open world game with. I, yeah. I don't know. Kind of like a survival game, I suppose. But. Either way, the Dune RTS, I want to say, was the first RTS ever. Like, it created the genre wow. of RTS. Holy they shit. They talk wow. about it a lot in the, um, I can't remember the name of the book, but the one that was talking about the development of Blizzard and 
uh, Warcraft. That game was a huge, Dune R, the Dune RTS was a huge inspiration for the original developers when they were making the original Warcraft game. Um, and yeah, that was like the original one. All the RTS games spawned from that. So a pretty significant game. And I mean, it still kind of holds up. It's got all the bones there. But I don't know. I, if there were a new Dune game, I think an RTS would totally work for it. And I, I don't know what other genre I'd really want to see that in. But I, just, I was thinking maybe a squad shooter, kind of like uh, Dawn of War 2. That's the only thing I can think of. Maybe a little bit more building detail than Dawn of War 2, of course. Yeah, Dawn of um, War 2 was very squad focused, right? Yes. Well, that, that's the whole thing is like they try to be kind of a little bit more accurate than Dawn of War 1 regarding like the accuracy of the game uh, where you had small squads of units instead of single units like in Dawn of War uh, 1. How the um, fuck did you pigeonhole 40K? God damn it, dude. We were almost made it. We 99% of the show. Somehow you snuck it in, dude. God that's damn it. That's my job as a pro nerd. <laughs> um, well, with Dune... I mean, the whole story is about Paul Atreides and, you know, it's like a coming of age story, I guess, you know, he, he turns into this great character. So I don't know. I almost feel like it would work in that old fashioned, just campaign narrative where you start small and get big, but nobody's playing those games and it's hard to make money off of those. But I just like the Dune universe so much that I'd probably play just about anything in there. It's kind of like Star Wars in that regard for me. Bobby, um, where do I start with the Dune series? If I was going to read just the, the original Dune book, it's the yes. only one I've read. I haven't even read the other ones. Oh. Yeah, yeah, just the original Dune book. Is anybody else more well read in the universe? No, uh, the only thing I know about Dune is what I know about it regarding 40k, <laughs> and that 40k stole a lot of shit from Dune. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's it. Well, yeah, what's so surprising about Dune is it's it's been incredibly difficult to adapt that to other mediums such as video games or movies, particularly movies. They had a TV show, I think, in the early 2000s that... Um, I remember that. It was a little more faithful to the book. And the, the original movie itself, the David Lynch one in the 80s, actually, now that I've read the book I and I watched the movie... It, they got it all there. I mean, they're missing a few little things here and there, but it's basically everything's on screen. And yet that, that movie was so poorly received. It's just a really difficult story to adapt to a film. So I'm very interested to see how this uh, Denis Villeneuve movie is going to be. They, very they have so many like narrative devices in the book to achieve something specific. Like you, they have those personal shield generators, right? And the whole story is if one of those gets hit by an energy weapon, an atomic blast happens that destroys like a city's radius of, of things. That's why they fight in like hand to hand combat with them and mm. why people can't get sh- like that's not going to translate well to a movie, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, the <laughs> like, shield itself, the body shield, which you can only pre- penetrate if you move the blade very slowly. Um it's kind of hard to display that. And they, they have all sorts of things like that in the book. When I read the book, it was an updated version that had a glossary in the back. So it was very helpful because they start mentioning all these different things. When he puts his hand in the box, like they have a name for that. Um, the, the lady that doesn't has a different name and it's all these made up words. Right. Uh, and you have no idea what they're talking about. So the glossary really helped, but the shields in the David Lynch movie, I always thought were just so weird. I, I remember very well, my mom watching that movie a lot when I was young and it just, 
the whole and it is David Lynch too. You know, he's a weird guy, so he's trying to put his weirdness into the movie, and he got censored a lot because it was a big production movie, and um, he absolutely That's my favorite hated movie, it. dude. I really? watched it probably like thirty or forty times. It's my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> it's I, I enjoy it. I really like that that movie, and I enjoyed it a lot more after I read the book. Um, um, you saying that whole thing about the glossary makes a lot of sense because I tried to do the audiobook once before. I think I just got like what was in it uninterested. Yeah, in it's part. like listening to Nick talk about Warhammer 40k. It's just like all these different words, you know. It's yeah, like yeah, the yeah. Gleek Clarks on planet Galaknar are invading the Zeepzorps. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> I love it. Bobby's interaction. Yeah, it's like being noticed. Um, I, was Bobby just playing around, or Chris, did you play some Nick audio from earlier show? Wow, that really sounded like some Nick audio exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, so no, I do actually, you know what? I actually have a follow up question for this. Um, and this is like a big brain question for me. Like I had to think about this. Um, how do you guys feel regarding like, you know, very heartfelt and detailed universes like Dune, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, um, other shit that people like really a lot. Um, I'm not going to mention the one I like cause I say it a lot. Um, and it's like a cursed word. Um, regarding how do you guys feel when games are made in a narrative aspect compared to a story-based aspect? And, and my, and my example is like, you have open world games of certain, uh, like for example, uh, the Lord of the Rings games, right? There's Return of the King for like PlayStation 2 and a bunch of other shit that you play and you just play the storyline and you just play the missions uh, and, you, and you just play, essentially you just play the movies. Um, but you have open world games like the Lord of the Rings MMO. Now, which, which, which one of those things would you rather have for like Dune? Would you rather have like an MMO where it's open, it's in that universe, you can choose what faction you want to be a part of, or would you rather have this sto- play the story as the main character and go through that shit? And then there's like this weird extra shit that's added that nobody gives a fuck about. I know what you're saying. Like, would you rather relive as playing through the hero's eye, or just be a nobody, or just like some an up and comer in that universe? It really depends on the game. It depends on the genre. Yeah. Depends on the world itself. Like uh, Bobby always says, the auxiliary things to Star Wars are always better than the main things to Star Wars. I, 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 I think agree, the smaller stories Star are because Star Wars, they always got to bring everything back to Han, Luke, Leia, Chewie, like all the main characters, like everything has to tie back to him. And it, it gets a little ropey after a while. But the what I don't like about the video games in Star Wars is the exact same thing. They always come up with these other characters and like. Oh yeah, all the Jedi were wiped out except this one, and then this Jedi ends up being like, uh, like Force Unleashed. Take that game for example. You're on like level two or three, and you're using the Force to pull down starships, and that, you know, and that didn't happen until the second movie with Yoda, nine hundred year old Jedi Master, who's been right. practicing the Force all his life, lifts up the X-wing, and everyone's like, "Whoa, crazy!" And this dude's just like, "Oh, I just found out I had the Force yesterday," and whoop, Tie Fighter coming down. <laughs> Like, all right. You know, you know what's funny about that, though? Like, and not to steal your thunder on, like, Star Wars knowledge and shit, but, like, when I, 
I have a fucking friend who's a super nerd of Star Wars. He's like, well, when you read the comics yeah, and the auxiliary books from Star Wars, you know that Darth Darth Vader has pulled down super star destroyers from the orbit and things like that. He's like, what it, what essentially happened was when the movies were originally made, they didn't have the effects or the budget to be able to truly show the powers of some of the Jedi's that they wanted to show. Like they like the Jedi lightsaber fights. George Lucas had this like theory of what he wanted him to look like, but old man fucking Obi-Wan Kenobi and the guy playing fucking Darth Vader can't move that goddamn fast because old asthmatic boy can't move inside his fucking costume and the old man's like <laughs> 68. Like there, there's a reality tied to what they could really produce back then. Does that make sense? Uh, I have to correct you. Darth Vader never pulled down a Star Destroyer in any comic or any book, so go fuck yourself. <laughs> it's, uh, let me, I'm going to Google this. Let me, uh, let me do your job you. you just mentioned, dude. What's that guy's name? Star, Star Shatterer or whatever. The guy from... The Force Unleashed? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember his name. Yeah, he's the one who did that. He pulled down a Star Destroyer in one of the games. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I mean... Sure, people write all sorts of. But it's like, not canon, Bob. Yeah, and then you get into the whole canon thing. But I don't know. Even I love Jedi Knight, but I don't really care about Kyle Katarn that much in the video games. Like you know, they always bring up these new characters that, that they want you to care about. Okay, so the stories are you good. can't tie into the old guys, and you can't bring up new guys. What do you want them to do, Bob? No, no, I want to be in the universe, guys. Put me in there, okay? No, no what, I, what I was saying about the movie, so the, this is my issue with the video games, but with the movies, I enjoy the smaller stories. Right. I like how you can just take some character in the background of one of the scenes and say, oh, that's uh, Kitakidkak, which is actually a character. Yeah. Now, now I'm Nick. <laughs> but, <laughs> you fucking nerd! Stop bringing up stores! I'm just kidding. Yeah, everyone's got we their thing. But then, uh, but then you can develop this whole story about him or the Tonika sisters, and like you can develop a story about that. There's like, there's so many stories stories to tell in the universe about these background characters that were in the original movies. Um, but then in the movies, they always have to tie things back to Han Luke Leia and, you know, everyone in from the original movie. So I don't know. It's different with movies and video games for me. Okay. I'm yeah. confused, but I'm just going to let it go. <laughs> what are those things? We've gone man? down the street. <laughs> those, those, those are the Tonika sisters. You don't know about the Tonika sisters? They were in, no, man. I was alive in 1945. What the fuck? <laughs> they were in the cantina in Mos Eisley. You only see them for a little bit. Yeah, there's the shot. You see them for two frames. You know, I mean, the a guy's reason I know all this stuff is because I played the Star Wars card game, and they had a card for every background character. So after a Damn. while, you learn all these characters. Yeah, they had their own action figure. Did they have one action figure per Tonika sister? That's why. They're very distinct. <laughs> They didn't sell that as a set. They're like, no, we can sell two action figures with this. Let's make a goddamn. My next door neighbor had hundreds of Star Wars uh, stuff. He had all the play sets. He had. It was awesome. It it was great. It was like having them because I would just go over there and play them with him. You know, he uh, he was my first version of what I thought was a rich kid. But if he was in my neighborhood, he wasn't a rich kid. But I thought I was like, how does he have? everything he had to rob the robot for his nintendo oh for the nintendo yeah nice. so he got the, yeah he had anybody with that he had everything dude um i the one thing that i do remember was uh the sarlacc pit was uh, a mm-hmm. piece of foam so it had a piece of foam with a cross cut in it so you could just stick dudes in there and they would disappear into the sarlacc pit you know you <laughs> wouldn't see them because the foam would just cover them up it was great it was great uh yeah okay 
So, uh, just a recap of the of the show. Um, I, I have no. Stop talking, you. Nick. You you talked for like two hours. Gee, we want we all want to go home, Nick. Um, You're already home. <laughs> <laughs> on the radar was Timberborn, Gourd, Gourd like the fruit vegetable vegetable. I think there's a U in Gourd. Oh, okay. Gourd, G O R D. Uh, Siege the day. Art, the Artful Escape. And then on highlights, we had Slay the Spire, Magic the Gathering Arena, Hunt Showdown, Split Gate, and New World. And our uh, game of the weeks was Humankind. Oh, who's up next? So you, Nick, it's up. It's on you. Uh, game of the week will be Hunt Showdown. Okay. <laughs> there it'll it is. One, it'll be one week. Everyone has to play it. Find somebody to play with. Oh, uh, Bobby, did you play Slay the Spire off of my account? Yeah, I did. Well, those other two games are there too. So okay, what are the two to... games? Oh, Monster Train and, and uh, Tainted Grail. Yeah, Tainted Grail. Yeah. And yep. Hunt Showdown, right? Yeah, dude. Okay. If you blew through the game, yeah, there's so much. There's so much shit that like, you're gonna have so much to play. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wonder if I'm gonna get burnt out on the genre, but we'll see. We'll yeah, see. we'll see. So, what's everyone playing this week besides Hunt Showdown? Ah. <sighs> Um, when does, uh, no, we're still a ways off. We are nine. We're one podcast away from, uh, new world, right? Yes. Yeah. We are one podcast away from new world. I'm, I'm literally addicted to, um, Innistrad and the new cards right now. Sam's yelling at me. She's like, you're addicted to that game. I was like, there's new cards. Don't you understand? <laughs> there's, card. there's new cards. There's goddamn werewolves. I fucking hate the werewolves. Um, you know, uh, oh, go ahead, Nick. Uh, I'm also going to be playing Magic. Um, I'm going to be playing some Total War multiplayer, uh, and I'm going to be probably playing Hunt Showdown with like Diddy and Lotion. Um, uh, teaching Leslie probably how to play Fallout uh, because she has a gaming laptop now, and she finished uh, uh, Lost in Random, and she says it's one of her favorite games of all time. Took her 20 hours to beat. She says it was a great story. Um, but yeah. Oh, wow. Um, I might check out Astroneer this week. Mm. I know that's a random Ooh. pick, but uh, so it's on game pass, right? No, well, I, I have it on steam. Oh. Um, I played it like way back when it was in early access a couple of years ago and it was in kind of a rough state back then. And I ran into some things that really killed it for me. And I just thought, you know what, this game needs to be developed a little bit more. I'll come back to it. But in, in my class that I teach, the, the students are working on their first project, their autobiography, right? And so one kid, um, you know, he's typing up the script and everything, and he's talking about his favorite video game, and he says it's Astroneer. And I thought, wow, that's so random. I, I totally forgot about that game. So I don't know. I might dip back into that. That's um, one of those survival games, uh, but it's set. You're like this little astronaut guy on a distant planet. I remember kind of enjoying it. So cool. I, see what it's I liked it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, cool colors, if I remember right. A lot of neons. Is yeah. that is that the right one I'm thinking of? Yeah, it kind of looked like No Man's Sky a little bit, where yeah. everything was kind of vibrant it's and bright. It's a single-player No Man's Sky a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah, kind of like yeah. that. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Wait, isn't Astroneer multiplayer now? Uh, it might be. I, I played it in such early beta that I'm sure it has a lot more features. Yes, no, it is completely multiplayer. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Co-op, yeah. So if anyone wants to check that out with me. Hey, Sniper, why is there a uh, call to action to get into uh, beer schnapps? 
Are you just trying to keep the riffraff out, or? Uh, I don't know if you're using that term right. I don't think that's what a call to action is, but it's just a private channel on Discord. Um, yeah, because right. not everyone. We get a lot of grief when we make new channels, so we probably yeah. don't want that showing up for everybody. What, what I meant was a hoop to jump through. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to um, inundate everyone because we're already being pretty fucking annoying with it, dude. So. Yeah, we talk a lot of, about stupid shit. Oh, do we, yeah. Nick? <laughs> Jesus hey. Christ! All right, speaking for Bobby, Nick, and myself, annoyed titties, everyone. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Every time Star Wars comes up, I feel like I start talking in circles. Like I even confuse myself. Nah, man. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Even we I got Star Wars talk. Well, I was the one talking. <laughs> well, Abby, every time you talk about Star Wars, I want to do a Star Wars podcast.